everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the zone, simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps got that. South Cap got that. Team ads got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast, the one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber shooting guard from the Minnesota Timberwolves making his all-star game debut Ant-Man Anthony Edwards welcome in to another and a very positive everything's coming up Timberwolves podcast I'm your host Gabe Anderson and I'm joined as always by Chris Emerson Chris how we doing uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're, uh, you know, in playoffs right now. Yeah, absolutely. Every With how packed the West is, every game feels like a playoff game right now and couldn't couldn't be tighter than that. Uh, obviously, if, if maybe you went on vacation or something and don't know, Timberwolves have won three straight games on the road, all on the West Coast, all in California. So basically – uh, on the on the California uh, drive-through, they basically swept the entire state. So let me ask you this: uh, I know that the Wolves have been on like one or two five-game winning streaks so far this year. Uh, has this been the most impressive Wolves run uh, so far this year? Would you say? I missed some of that just because my um, my feed is right now. I don't know if you can hear me. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you. Yeah, can you hear me? All right. All right. What was your question? Uh, so basically, would you? Although the Wolves have had some five-game winning streaks so far this year, is this the most impressive run that you've seen the Wolves so far this year? I think so because it hasn't been like we talked about uh, last week. It we it hasn't been like a guy blow up and go for forty and we get a win, or like two guys score thirty each and we get a win. It's been just um, you know solid play by everybody. It seems like we know what we're doing. Um, we're making the right pass. Um, we haven't had like third quarters where we get blown out by twenty points. Like most games that we've won, we've won every quarter. Um, like we talked, like I talked about last week, just like a more professional style of basketball. You know, not as much ups and downs, and just a very steady, solid, um, solid Ws. I'll, I'll take that any game. Yeah, absolutely. And we came into. I, I remember we talked last podcast. Um, basically. Like we were talking about, like when's Cat gonna come back, and is this team a legit playoff contender and stuff like that? And I, I remember talking, saying, 
I think that this next week or so will determine a lot of what's going to happen with this team. And if this is any invoca- in uh, indication, I, I, I think we're off to, to something good right now because, I mean, it felt like every single every single one of those uh, every single one of those L.A. and uh, L.A. and uh, Sacramento games we could have easily lost, but I feel like we found ways to win, and a lot of that I think are, is attributed, particularly in the Sacramento game, to the play of Nikhil Alexander Walker and. Uh, and Mike Conley as well. What have you seen out of Nikhil? Well, we'll start with. Uh, well, actually, we'll start with Mike Conley. What have you seen out of Conley? Then we'll talk. Uh, then we'll talk Nikhil. I mean, he does everything you're supposed to do. I mean, that's what he literally does. Everything D'Lo doesn't do. You know, like he's not going to take the quick shots. He's not going to give you a splash, 35, 40 point performance very often. But um as as rivers and anthony edwards were talking on this and i mentioned it last week like if the ball swings to him and he doesn't have action he gets off the ball and swings it to somebody else he moves it um and down the stretch in the clippers game was very obvious um he was shutting down westbrook on his drives like defensively stuffing him hit a couple big threes i mean just making the right play at all time he was chasing Beasley the whole game. Um, the Clippers game to me was one of his professional wins that kind of made the whole team. I, I wrote it down after the game. It's one of those games that's just like a, a momentum builder because everyone's like, oh, we are this good now. Like we can win this ugly game where maybe Anthony Edwards doesn't go off. Didn't go off versus the Lakers either, and we still won. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I mean, he had a good game versus uh versus Sacramento, but I mean, who closed the game with a big three and a big layup was Conley. I mean, he's doing everything that we asked him to do. And it sounds like him and I've already heard Anthony Edwards talk about him and Connolly hanging out and doing more stuff than I've heard about him and D'Lo doing the whole time that D'Lo was here. Does that mean mm-hmm. that you know, him and D'Lo didn't hang out. No, but I didn't hear about it. So, I mean, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's just all that I know. So I right. think that Connolly and his professionalism with Rudy Gobert and Slow Mo and Prince, and those guys now are the majority of the roster. And the guys like we talked about in years past on here, where it felt like it was Cat and D'Lo was one click on the team and then the rest of the team was the other group. Now there's no other. Now has to get on board. He was recently, um, you know, on on social media, was talking back and forth to Ant, something that he hasn't done on social media before. So I think he's trying to get his, uh, you know, back in the good graces of the team, and and let's hope he does and everything works out. But Connolly's been great. He's been that mature leader we need. Yeah, absolutely. And what I've seen out of Conley is I think I saw a stat like he's shooting higher than 50% on catch and shoot threes, which is exactly when you have a guy that penetrates as much as, say, uh, uh, Ant does, it's someone who can hit down to catch and shoot three. That's absolutely vital. Uh, and he's playing good defense. He's not the he's not the defender he used to be, definitely. Um, but 
I mean, he he's playing well enough, and I think it's an upgrade from D'Lo defensively. And like like we were saying, uh, a couple like I think what during the D'Lo uh, Conley podcast when they made the trade. Yes, D'Lo at this point in his career is a more gifted offensive player, but I feel yes. and there, there's no denying that I the the upside for a game is more. There's more upside offensively for D'Lo in a game than there is for Mike Conley. With that said, Conley fits the system better, and the 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 floor is better for Conley as well. You know, now you're not always going to get 24 points out of Mike Conley, but you know you're going to get about uh, 10 10 to 12 points, maybe seven or so assists, and some solid defense. So and no turnovers just- usually. Yeah, and he got some turnovers early. I think that was just trying to figure out our system a little bit in the early games. But, yeah, he's been good with that as well. Let's turn it over to the other piece that we got. Uh, Many people thought it was just a throw-in, but he's definitely meant more than that. I don't know if we win the Sacramento game without him. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who since being traded, I think is shooting over 50% from three. Uh, what, What have you seen out of him? Love him. I love him. He's he's everything we it's everything we need for a six man. Um, I heard uh, Dane Moore talking today, and he said it's kind of like Austin Rivers and Noel mixed to get mixed together. You get the defensive Rivers, sure. and you get the offensive impact. Um, and what, what's what's surprising some people, and I only know this because when we tri- I remember his name because he's got a big long name from having some big games here and there. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to say I followed his career, but when we made the trade, I went in and just kind of was looking around to see what people thought of him. And there was tons of websites that were saying he's this, he's like this buy low candidate for, for a lot of teams to get wings, you know, young player has had big games, has never really had a chance to show what he has. Um, And I mean, he looks like he might be our backup point guard next year. I mean, he's, doing mm-hmm. everything you need to do. And his passing has been great. Um, he's He showed instantly, like game one, a better rapport with Rudy Gobert than any of the guards that I've seen on our roster all year. I mean, just simple drives and like lazy dump offs. Like if, if Anthony Edwards would do that on so many of his drives when he, you know, there's five guys around him, just Drop, do a three-foot pass to, to to Rudy for a dunk. Like simple plays, um, Walker's been doing, and it's and it's been great. So I mean, I'm all for the kid. Um, he's a restricted free agent, so we can match what anyone wants to pay him next year. So more than likely, we're gonna have him for you know a handful of years, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly for someone that was seen as a throw-in in. In, in the Conley trade. I mean, that's that's great. Because uh, I, I feel like as much as a lot of people love Jordan McLaughlin, he just he doesn't have the offense. A, he's too small. That's one problem. So he can't really attack the basket. Uh, some of the time he can, but not always. Uh, and B, he, he just he doesn't have the he, – he's great on defense. He's a great, like, let's sort everything out. But you can't expect him to hit a bunch of threes. You can't expect him to get hot. Like I think he did one game this year against the Miami Heat, but you you can't you, you can't expect much out of him. So I like him much more as like the third guy, like change just, of pace. 
a change of pace kind of guy. Maybe if things are going awry and we're out of system, maybe to get us back into system kind of thing. But I I don't know. I I don't, I don't see Jordan McLaughlin as a, a, as a backup point guard on a contender. I really don't. And uh, if Nikhil Alexander Walker can be that great. And also what's been great is not seeing Jalen Noel on the court. Now he's had good games and bad games this year. Uh, It's pretty clear that we're not going to try to sign him in the off season. I I think uh, that that's been made pretty set in stone uh, after us not playing him much and just, and not only not if we can have a guy that doesn't turn the ball over like Jalen Noel and has some of the offensive prowess of Noel and doesn't take dumb shots awesome. like Noel. I mean, the offense just goes so much better. And even that, I mean, not even the outcome, just the fact that that he works so hard, Neil Walker. I mean, he's working his butt off mm-hmm. out there. Like there's plays, you know. He, you know, almost strips a ball, then dives for it, gets back to his guy, helps out on defense, gets his hand in there, knocks the ball away for a steal, gets down, and then hits the corner three because he hustled down there. Like, just that sort of Vando-type work ethic that was contagious last year I think is going to help. Connolly was in an interview recently, and they asked him about just this team and and what he's noticed so far. And he said, this is the first team. And I want to say he said ever, but maybe he said in a long time Mm -hmm. where everybody's defending, like Mm -hmm. everybody on the court is working hard on defense. He's like, I haven't had that in a roster I've played on. I I thought he said ever, but he might not have because of Memphis days, you know, they were decent defenders, but um, they, they were, they were playing defense in Memphis, at least for, for part of There might've been a guy that wasn't. He's saying every single player is doing it, you know, like all five guys are all working hard. So um, that's beautiful to see. And it's beautiful to hear from a guy like that. Right. Yeah. And that was interesting. That was interesting, too. I I saw that quote as well. Uh, But it was interesting to see that from a guy who played in such a such a team that was known for defense in the the hard nosed Memphis Grizzlies of uh, Marcus Gasol, Zebo. Uh, who who was that point? Was it Tony Allen, their point guard, like their backup? No, well, Conley was a point guard, but yeah, Tony Allen was there. Tony um, Allen, yeah, like yeah. just hard notes, hard nosed guys. They, they a, yeah, they worked hard. Yeah, so so yeah, yeah, it's definitely good good to hear that, and also the <laughs> we've got to talk about the other guy. Now we've had him for much longer than we have Conley and Nah, but. Man, ever and I don't know if it's Mike Conley. I don't know if it's him gaining more confidence. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe part of it's the week off that he had to get accumulated with the team. But both on offense and defense, Rudy Gobert is looking great. He looks fantastic right now. You know, and I think it's probably a little bit of all that. Like he definitely um, has seemed like he might have been a little dinged up. And remember, he came right from playing international yeah. ball, yep. like into the finals of inter of Euroleague, right to here. So like he had no off season. Um, a big guy like that, with all the pounding he takes up and down the court, like his legs are going to be sore. But um, he looks great, and I think you know, I don't want to beat it to death, but 
D'Lo went out of his way to make it not successful for Rudy Gobert, not only in the locker room, but on the court. Like everyone was killing Rudy Gobert for his bad hands and stuff. And I've been saying it on here forever. Like don't throw a bounce pass at the knees to a rolling seven foot one guy. Like that's simple. Like you throw it up high, like that's basketball one-on-one. You you don't give your big, the ball down low. So then everyone can knock it away, you know? Um, so just someone who's actually trying to succeed um, mm-hmm. probably helps. And, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert probably, you know, getting some of that stress out of the locker room might help too. But, you know, I think winning, when we win, people tend to not pay attention to Rudy Gobert. When we lose, Minnesota fans want to point yeah. at him. So all these wins kind of help mask it. But, yeah, give me 16, 14, and two every game, and I'll be happy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's starting to look like the guy now Now we can talk about all day. Oh, Walker Kessler is great. Oh, uh, yeah. we gave up Beasley. We gave up too much. But the reality is we don't have those players anymore, so we got to assess the ones that we do have and talk about them. So, right. I mean, like, man, he just, he, he's been great. He's also – I don't know where this came from, but it's almost like you can he, – he's almost building a post game right in front of our eyes. Like there's a couple times where he's gotten the ball in the post, maybe uh, shakes the guy to the right go or to the left, goes right, and just creates offense for himself. Now, that's not where most of his buckets are coming. Uh, most of them are coming from – uh, uncontested dunks, but even even uncontested dunks. I mean, he's he's going right at guys and slamming them right right down their throat. Yeah, he's um, he took Paul George uh, and buried him in the post in that Clippers game. Um, yep. Paul George was switched on him, who's you know every bit of six ten, six six eleven. He's a big Paul guy. George. Yeah, he's big. He's and he just you know crab dribbled three times and buried him in the post and 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 you know hit a layup. So. I mean, if we can get that sort of Rudy Gobert, and more importantly, if we can get guards that are willing to get Rudy Gobert the ball where he's where yep. he's elite. Like, mm-hmm. here's the deal. You're not going to post up Steph Curry. You're also not going to, you know, have Rudy Gobert isolate from the three-point line. You know what I mean? Like, right. get the guys where they're the most, where they're the most um, elite and, and feed them the ball there. So let's keep doing that. And when Carl Anthony Towns comes back, hopefully he can plug in and everything can be smooth. Yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, first of all, and I know the answer is you probably don't know, but have you heard anything about him coming back? Like, like I heard, I heard, yeah, I heard through the grapevine uh, today that what were they saying? Um, the twelfth is what we were hearing. I don't know really? what game was it. Was that the is that the Atlanta game? I heard that somewhere else. No, no, no. Twelfth is Sunday. Uh wait, may, so the, let's see. So the, so let's just let's just talk. The good news is for Cat, for Cat and him coming back. Okay. Is so the thirteenth is Atlanta. That's I've heard okay. from a couple places Atlanta is gonna be the first game. Okay. All right, so two games. I that's the good news for the Wolves in 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 K in terms of towns coming back they only have two games this week yeah. so so i mean they have time they have time to practice 
Um, yeah, which I, that's why I – and I know it's hard to schedule and stuff. It's hard to schedule an entire league and what's available. Like, for example, we just saw the the women's Big Ten tournament was in town, so that's obviously why the Wolves were on the road. Uh, but it's interesting, like, to have back-to-backs and then have, like, Tuesday, Tuesday to Friday off and then the whole weekend off. It's just – it's interesting how all that is scheduled. I guess it's just – stadium availability and other teams it's it's got to be a nightmare scheduling an nba season it's got to be a nightmare (laughs) well they went out of their way over the last three or four years maybe two or three years to get rid of like the four games in six days or three games in four days kind of thing which Mm. has been fine but the problem is is when you used to have four games in six days or whatever yeah. A lot of times after that, you'd have three or four days off. Yeah. And that's when you get practice time in. That's when your body can really rest up. Now it's pretty mm-hmm. much just like every other day with a couple um, back-to-backs in there. And you don't get those multiple mm-hmm. days of rest or multiple days of practice. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the best way to do it is, but definitely scheduling has been a real tricky thing for the NBA. Well, I, I think – and, and it's a lot like Ant and uh, the rest of the league is talked about with load management. I think they they think, oh, if we schedule three out of four games and some of them are on the road, X player won't play in X arena, and then they the fans won't be able to see like Trey or uh, yep. or LeBron or uh, LeBron's hurt, obviously, but or George or Kawhi. So I, I think that that has a lot to do with that. Um but but who knows? Who knows? You know, and obviously it's not working because right. people are still taking those times off. So um, I've heard people say, well, maybe you sh- if you're going to load manage, you can only do it at home games. I've heard people say that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, I mean, I've got some over opinions on it, but maybe that's for another mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I do and- want to talk about. Yeah, is- go ahead. One thing on Connolly that I think might be overlooked, and, and I wrote this down the other day, and I just want to bring it up so I don't forget it, is, sure. um, you know, I mentioned quite a few times on here, I don't think Cat and D'Lo can coexist on a championship team together just because of their um, lazy style of play. And not lazy being they are lazy, but their style is lazy. And I beat that to death on here. One thing that Connolly brings um, not only is, you know, a more professional style of play, get on the ball, get off the ball. You're not going to ISO for 40 dribbles and then take a bad shot, which kind of brings the morale of everyone down. Um, one thing he brings that that is different is a, is a different tone and a respect with the referees. Like this guy's been in the league for a long time. He's a known professional. He's been on winning mm-hmm. teams. We, we as a team haven't had much respect from the referees over the last handful of years, and we shouldn't because we've been terrible. But if mm-hmm. we want to start winning in the playoffs with a guy like Anthony Edwards, who takes it to the hole so much, having a more respected organization and just team as a whole, like I read the, the Donnelly book, um, you know, a handful of, you know, a decade or so ago, and those refs have very – 
very real opinions on certain teams and they ref them differently. And, you know, maybe having mm-hmm. Connolly here will help us get four to five more free throw shots a game, which can win or lose a game. So yeah. just little things like that being such a more professional team. Um, you know, I have noticed um, Ant isn't bitching at refs as much like he used to when Cat was there and when Dilo still- was there. He still yells every time he draws a drive. He does. But. Hey, yeah, he does yeah. that. But you know, he's not like yelling at the refs or has his yeah. hands up and like you know not getting back on D. So right. I hope when Cat comes in, he keeps that stuff locked up, and uh, we can look like a professional team the whole way. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, it, it is. It is interesting. Like you were talking about with with the refs, even even like their biases that they have going in, they might even have, like, I know in school we talk about like implicit bias where like they, they don't know that they're biased against it, but it's just like sure. implicit. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that happens too. Like they think like, like it just comes up like, Oh, the Timberwolves aren't going to, aren't going to get calls when they go to the basket. It's just the way it is. I, they didn't plan it out. It's just the way that it is. So, and that's well, we've been living. Yeah. same thing that happens with Memphis, for example, like they will get, they will be allowed to ha- to hold and grab a lot because they're known as this tough defensive team or whatever. Like sure. that's how it used to be with the grit and grind. It's like no, 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 those are fouls. Yeah. <laughs> like there's they're fouls that you're just letting happen because there's this narrative. The Green Bay Packers when they won the Super Bowl were like that. Their cornerbacks were known to be a handsy or like a like strong when the hands game. But mm-hmm. what they really did is they held receivers like 15 yards downfield, like. No, that's not being physical. That's against the rules. So, yeah. like, you get to the point where you ignore these against the rules things because there's this this idea about the Timberwolves or about the right. team. Well, the Timberwolves are known to be a heavy fouling team. Carl Anthony Towns, you know, Jaden McDaniels, both, like, top five in, in fouls per game. Right. So maybe changing just the idea with some more maturity on the roster – can change that whole thing. And that's, you know, four or five points a game. That's usually what most teams, which most, most games are decided by. Right. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, another thing, I mean, definitely when, when the Wolves shoot as well as they did against Sacramento, you're going to win a lot of those games. I mean, a lot, a a lot of basketball is defending and shooting like that. That's what a lot of basketball is. But even I was listening to, uh, I'm sure they don't care about our shout out, but uh, I'll shout them on anyway. You ever, you ever, you ever watch no dunks? Um, okay. It's basically, basically what they do is they're on every day. It's through the athletic. Um, and basically they, they talk about, they take the first half of the, of the day to talk about the games. And they, obviously this, episode was the weekend as a whole and that what they what they said was the wolves they're winning with defense and when was the last time i mean i mean we're top 10 in defensive rating and that's exactly what we wanted with with uh rudy gobert here so i mean when was the last time we could say about a wolves team what's the deciding factor in most of this game most of these games is defense i think it's been a little bit not even here Last year we were pretty good on D, but it was all kind of smoke and mirrors because it was mostly turnovers. We were forcing a lot of turnovers, and that's different. We're just mm-hmm. straight locking people up. Like yeah. we're getting 24-second shot. You know, we're like we're shutting guys down. And I mean that's huge. And those types, 
that type of defense, like when you play good team, like you lock your guys up, make him get off the ball because he can't do anything, kicks it to someone else. And then that guy locks that guy up and makes him get off the ball. That sort of energy has to feel like fuel, like gasoline in the tank to these players, you know, and makes them Mm want to lock up the next time down. Um, a thing that that I've been trying to preach about this Rudy Gobert trade that, you know, it's like Republicans and Democrats. Once you pick your side, you can't change it, no matter how bad it it's turned. Like that's what it feels like in this debate, sure. um, with Rudy trade or not. But one thing that the trade, in my opinion, was most valuable for, and I, and I said it at the time, was with so many other teams in the West that were improving. If that's you know, getting Zion back, getting Dame Lillard back, getting LeBron and those guys healthy, AD healthy, getting Kawhi back, getting, you know, Sabonis. All these teams in the West improved from last year when the Timberwolves were super healthy, like miraculously healthy and barely made the playoffs. Getting Rudy guaranteed us, or well, the idea was hopefully with Cat healthy, but guaranteed us meaningful basketball in March and April and into Mm -hmm. the playoffs. Those types of meaningful basketball games wouldn't have been guaranteed, in my opinion, if we stayed put and all these other teams, you know, got better. Denver having everyone get better. Yep. So playing meaningful minutes right now for, for Ant and for McDaniels is so great for their development. Like playing defense in a game that matters in the standings, if you're going to be, you know, a six seed or an 11 seed even, you know, like it's we're at mm-hmm. that point where one or two – big defensive stops can swing you multiple spots in the standings. Like Mm -hmm. this type of development. Yeah. Maybe Rudy Gobert is not going to be there when Ant hits his prime at 26, 27, but the years that he's there, that's giving us meaningful minutes, meaningful crunch time minutes, last Mm -hmm. five games, we've been crunch time, you know, five points or less decided in the last five minutes. Those types of games are huge for development in a young player. And right. that's stuff that if we were rolling out now, Nas and, um, you know, I don't know who, Nathan Knight at center instead of Nas and Gobert because Rudy's hurt, we would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, even the Sacramento game in particularly, like, I, I think that Chris Finch saw – hey, Nas is getting beat by Sabonis a lot. Maybe I should put on our defensive stopper out there and, yeah. and shut down Sabonis. Now, you can argue, oh, he, he didn't shut down De'Aaron Fox um, in crunch time, but no one slows down De'Aaron Fox in crunch yeah. time. He's he's one of the on best. Heater, dude. He's yeah. been on a heater for the last, like, eight games. It's, like, over 30 points. We're the first time he wasn't over 30 points in, like, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so – so yeah, I I think well he I, here's a question I've been wanting to ask you for a long time actually, if let's say let let's say the Wolves didn't make let, let let's say they didn't make the Gobert trade right, and uh-huh. and Cat still goes down whatever what was it like twenty games in the season, yep. Where do you think the Wolves are now? And, and let's wait. Let's say twelve. Let's say the Conley trade still happens. 12 12 okay 11 or 12 seed okay yeah i mean I, I, yeah, we're historically ahead. we historically win at a 26% clip when carl anthony towns isn't there mm-hmm. um 
I don't think there's anything that says that would have been much different this year. I mean, Anthony Edwards is playing better this year than last year, but it's not like it's not like he wasn't on the team last year. Right. We won at a 26% clip without Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. That's probably about what it would have been. And that's about at, you know, top three in the league in the draft. You know, like that's terrible. Right. Yeah. Um, we're winning at a 50% clip without Carl Anthony Towns right now. That's yeah, we got difference. I saw we have like the second best record since uh what was it? The second the best record since since the new year. Yeah, that's incredible. That's all without Carl Anthony Towns. All without all an without all NBA player. And with how bad the new year started with that lot or the, the last year ended with that losing streak and that loss to uh to Detroit, we come around, we beat Denver at home severely, severely shorthanded. Yep. And then go on a little bit of a run. Now it's been a roller coaster since then, but still, I mean, like 18 and 11. I mean, if if you start a if you start a year 18 and 11, you're you're a top four seed in the West. Yeah. I mean, it's not crazy to think for all the people that said this was such a terrible idea, Rudy Gobert trade, fire Connolly, Finch should be out on the street. If if Cat didn't get hurt for 15 weeks or whatever, Mm -hmm. 70 games or whatever it is. It's not out of the question to say we could easily be the two seed. Like Mm -hmm. we've got five or six wins or losses versus dog crap opponents. Yeah. We could have just out talented those teams with another all NBA player. And Mm -hmm. we would have won those games just by simply bully balling them because we're so much better talent wise. And yep. if that would have happened five, six wins, dude, we're like the number two seed in the whole West. Like, mm-hmm. and, oh, then everyone's, and then it, we're yeah. looking at executive of the year, Tim Connolly, mm-hmm. you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? All yeah. because of a, a, ham, a, a calf injury. Right. Yeah. I, I think I would say cat is probably good for elite. Now this is at least this year. I'd say at least four wins, like you were talking about. For sure. And if you add four wins, that's about six or seven games over five hundred. And like you're saying, we're we we got a we got a uh, we got a booster over the Mavs. We're, we're probably over the Suns right now at this point with how they played. I don't know if we're the two seed, but still, I, I still think we're in pretty good shape if Cat doesn't go down. And here's the other thing, the. Our core right now, and uh, uh, Rudy, Conley, Katz, Jaden, all under contract next year. So we're no, five no. and a half games out of second right now. Right, exactly, exactly. So like so, mm-hmm. we're right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we would right. be right there. That's crazy. Also, also, I mean, you were talking about moves that everyone else made. How about how about just anticipating that other teams are going to make moves? Like for, for sure. example, like for example, uh, maybe Tim Connolly looking at Dallas, thinking, "Huh, they're probably going to want to in give Luca an improvement there. They're probably going to go sure. get somebody." Now, did he know that Kyrie was going to ask for a trade? Probably not. But you could you would imagine that at some point Dallas was going to look for a killer to go along with 
with um with with Luca. So for sure, which inevitably turned out to be Kyrie. And you can talk about Kyrie and his stupidity and whatever you want to talk about. But at the end of the day, when he's on the court, he's an amazing player. So he can get your buckets, no doubt. Also, how about looking at a Suns team not knowing what they're doing with DeAndre Ayton and thinking, could we take the next step? And they go get Durant. So, I mean, we did what I. People are going to really have to give me a better uh, analysis on why it was a terrible trade, um, especially if you're using it at this point when you've only seen Cat play with Rudy like a couple times and he was the best guy with Rudy while he played. Like he mm-hmm. led the team in assists to Rudy, you know? Right. Um, it's going to be fun to see when Cat comes back. Uh, more for me, I'm going to watch his attitude. I'm going to watch his body language. Um, mm-hmm. Is he going to be mopey? Is he going to be pouty? Um, is he going to swing the ball? Is he going to try to take too many shots? Um, or is he going to be a great team player and be like, hey, I'm probably not going to be 100% the rest of this season. I'm probably only going to get to 80%. So I'm right. going to try to just be the best team role-playing 80% guy I can and uh, try not to, 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 you know, make waves, then we can work on this in the off season. Um, do you, we'll do you I get, sorry, I got a question for you. And I've been wondering, do you think there's a chance, even if the wolves are still like the sixth seed and still competitive that they don't bring cat back? Do you think that that's a possibility? I don't think so. You don't think so? I think the moment that the health team says he's ready, they're going to bring, they're going to play him. Okay, because what I've heard is the fear that it turns into an ACL tear. That that's the fear, Achilles and tear. that's why. I, yeah, Achilles tear. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, you'll never get in a car accident if you stay home, which is true, you know. Right. Uh, but you can't you can't play that way. You know, you got to say if our health staff says he's a hundred percent, let him rip. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let me let me ask you one last question. Let's say Dallas or the Clippers or someone else goes on a run, right? Let's say they just blow us out of the water. Maybe we play above 500 basketball, but like Dallas and the Clipper or the Clippers just go crazy and some, and we're in in the uh, play-in. Who do you who of the playoff or play-in caliber teams do you not want to play in a one-game situation? Who who would Lakers. be the one team you want to avoid? Lakers, if they're healthy. I don't want to play the Lakers. Um, I mean, if Zion's healthy, they're scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not worried. I mean, if it was out of Dallas, so let's assume Zion's not healthy. I don't know. Is he even going to be healthy? Who knows? Honestly, that's the question for the rest of his career. Who knows? Yeah, true. Let's just go current Dallas Mavericks, current L.A. Clippers, and a healthy Lakers team. I would say in order of my most scared, I would say L.A. Lakers motivated LeBron and A.D. scare me um, since we just had a great performance against them. Rudy Gobert had a great game, and Anthony Davis went for 40. Like, geez. Um, And he gets whatever – they get whatever call they want. That's another thing. Um, I'm not worried about Dallas at all. I think that they have almost nothing other than two guard play 
and with Anthony Edwards and McDaniels and now with, with Naw and Rivers, I think we can throw enough defenders at those guys that that can help. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm not scared of any of those teams. One game, I mean, let's beat them. Right. But the Lakers are the most scary for me. I would, yeah. Just for me, it comes down to one person, LeBron. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the team that has to try to keep LeBron out of the playoffs. Now, I, I know, I, I know that they're just, they're not even in the play-in right now. But it, it's LeBron James. Like, it, it's, it's LeBron James. And if, if, if we're I don't know. I, I feel like LeBron turns it on. Like he well, was even talking Vando? about. Vando just gave Anthony Edwards everything that he wants to deal with. So, I mean, that's that's an that's a guy that's going to hurt Anthony Edwards. You've got Beasley who can get hot at any moment. You've got mm. D'Lo who didn't play, who can get hot. He's going to want some, some, you know. And then, like we said, you've got two MVP candidates. That's a nasty team. And, and they need it right. now. They're not like a plan for the future type team. They want to win no. like yesterday. And that that's why I'm just I just want to be the sixth seed. I don't I don't care about moving into five. It doesn't matter to me. Like I, I don't care about home court advantage, which I think is unattainable at this point. Honestly, I think the Suns are gonna go on a run. Yeah. Right now. Um just just because they have Kevin Durant, and that's what Durant teams do. Um, so I, I, I think we're not going to catch the Suns. Uh, and I, I think it's just going to be a three-way race with the Clippers, um, Clippers, Mavs, and us, and just who's going to get it. I'll take it. I'll take that yeah. race, and I think we're better than all three of those teams, or both of those teams. Right. And, I mean, and I believe we have the tie break. Is that correct? We should, at least over the Clippers. Yeah, I think we do. I think we Because we beat – so we had that – we had two straight home games against the Mavs. I went to the first one. We won. The first one lost the second one. And then we went to the, we went to the Mavs and beat them. Um, or was there a game I'm missing? I don't remember. Um, we sh- I think that sounds right. Okay. I'm and then uh, right now. And then the Clippers, Clippers we beat at home when when they were not the I mean their best player was probably Zubots at that point. Uh, they were missing a lot of people. Um, so, and then of course we beat the Clippers that last game. So, yeah. The and my and my quick look through it looks like we're two and one versus the Mavs. Okay, there you go. All right, so we got the tie break. So a little bit of excitement there. And man, I would love it if it didn't work out in in Dallas. Just it's not gonna. I hope Kyrie Irving's gone after this off after, in this off season. Yeah, I agree. And, and and then I don't know. Like a lot of people question the what is it the the Rudy Gobert trade? They got to be questioning the Kyrie trade at this point. I think like, they knew, I think they some of that was getting off like Dinwiddie's money. I think they realized that that was not going to work. And some of it was just getting off those contracts that they didn't want to keep paying, even though they weren't big contracts, some of them. I think they're going to use that salary space and just kind of try to rebuild from that. But, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe do a sign and trade or something to get some assets back. But yeah, I mean, this is a one time deal, I think. Make one run. I, I think it's the definition of a rental player. 
and and you will have to see what happens with that. But hey, man, if we can just get in to the, yeah. the playoff, I mean, it, you know, and it might be different. Right, for sure, for sure. Well, I, I think we're gonna put it there. Actually, so upcoming. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Uh. So upcoming schedule, we got kind of a light week. Uh, could be a tough one tomorrow. Uh, Philadelphia at home, but who knows. Uh, and then we got Brooklyn and then the Hawks. So all winnable games, um, particularly at home. So we'll, we'll have to see. But, Chris, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to see Rudy versus uh, Gobert. Embiid. Or Embiid, yeah, I'm Maybe sorry. Embiid. Yeah, Rudy yeah, yeah. versus Embiid. I think that's going to be fun to watch because uh, Embiid's an absolute colossus. So that's going to be fun. Absolutely. And this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell so you never miss an episode. And give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Spotify. And as always, go Wolves.